I became very drunk, um, which resulted in me sleeping, whilst the other were doing a beer pong tournament, where I then threw up on the floor. Uh, so that was really embarrassing for me. Christmas is upon us, and as you know it, it's the season to be jolly, and jolly we become indeed. Danish Christmas is not only known for its presents and holiday spirits, it's also known for its infamous Christmas dinners known as the Danish Julefrokost. The annual events where friends, family and often companies get together to indulge in a heavy binge drinking session with almost guaranteed shameful outcomes for the individual. And that's what we're here to talk about. Because amongst the joyful Christmas carols and the beautiful presents, hides both guilt and shame during December. We met with theologian Camilla Slyk, who specializes in guilt and shame to examine one of the darker sides of Christmas. You are listening to CBS Why. We're going to dive right into it, because Christmas time is upon us, and especially uh, the Danish Christmas dinners. The julefrokost. The infamous julefrokost from Denmark, um, where one of the main topics or one of the biggest cliches is uh, adultery um, in the copy room. We've seen it in so many movies, but it's a cliche for a reason. It happens quite a lot during December. What do you suppose when you commit adultery at a julefrokost? And, and what kind of shame does does come along with that? But I would like to answer the question a bit differently because uh, julefrokost or the Christmas uh, dinner is a kind of a carnival period of the year. Uh, in, in many cultures all in history, you have had, uh, and for centuries, you've had the situation of a carnival. So a carnival is a situation where you suspend uh, things that you would usually uh, not um, uh, accept. So what is uh, strange about uh, Julefrokost is the suspension of uh, normal, ordinary rules and what we usually consider right and wrong. And this also puts the uh, concept of uh, shame in a different situation because it becomes, in the Danish culture, which I think foreigners sometimes find a bit odd, we can uh, play around with shame, we can um, we can make jokes about that we should feel ashamed, but we don't. But what is odd also in Danish country culture is that if you actually feel ashamed or embarrassed about what you've done, it's difficult to get rid of in our culture because most people will say, it's okay, these things happen, you shouldn't be ashamed or you shouldn't um, you shouldn't tell, better not to know, stuff like that. So Julefrokost is a, is a, a different time of the year than the rest of the year. And does that make for a different kind of shame than if I've been cheating during wife. the summer, or yeah, yeah. I think it makes a, it, it, the, 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 yeah, it's a kind of suspension of uh, ordinary rules. So uh, you can be uh, uh, unfaithful; it will still be wrong. But for some reason, which I'm, I'm not sure I can explain otherwise than the carnival uh, metaphor, uh, it seems to be uh, more accepted uh, that uh, that at this one time of of, uh, of the year you can be more crazy uh, than the rest of the year. And um, but it does lead to some guilt, or at least for ma- for many people it does. And as you mentioned before, there's always the question: Should I tell my partner, mm. or is it better for them not to know? And the reason for telling, I often hear as a um, 
a way to make somebody share the guilt or, or what can, what can you say but but does it work on on your personal guilt level to share it like that uh, my advice after many years of looking at shame and guilt and also because I'm a theologian and and in theology shame and guilt is a big uh, issue is that uh, Danish culture is also different from for instance catholic it seems like it doesn't help to confess in our post-Protestant culture, it doesn't help you. People do not want to know. So it's better to shut up, apparently, than to confess. Because what you want when you confess, you want forgiveness. Uh, if you can't have forgiveness, this relationship is dead. So what? this is also why when we, we can say it's a carnival, but if we go into what is more serious about it, uh, when you commit adultery and you are unfaithful, it's uh, it's it's very important and very grave. Uh, it really means a lot. It's serious in the Danish culture to uh, um, to make um, damage to a relationship. And if you cannot bear the guilt, uh, because this is an act that is wrong, uh, also socially, and you probably think yourself since you feel guilty and ashamed, you shouldn't do it. And then you shouldn't bring yourself in this situation. Hmm. Cool, but... but uh but is there any merit to the fact that it can sort of cure the guilt to spill the beans to the partner and tell her I did this and I did that? But, but, but that's about yeah. This uh, when it comes to forgiveness, there's no such power as pe- I mean everybody do wrong in their lives, and they need to, to repair the relationship. And forgiveness is the word and the social uh, situation around repairing the uh, relationship, and then you. When you ask for forgiveness, maybe your partner doesn't know it could be other things than adultery. It could be anything. You also somehow need to think in advance, how will this person react? How will I react? What if he or she does not forgive me? Where does that leave us? And in in Danish culture, I find that after these many years of discussion with people, we're quite hard-minded around uh, forgiving, forgiving. We're not very happy about forgiving others. We're, we're very hard, on, and uh, we think... Uh, you just shouldn't have done it. Is an, an ordinary uh, answer, but well, apparently I did. And can you forgive me? There's, there's a lot of um, uh, strong-mindedness around uh, not wanting to forgive and rather breaking up. But how does that correlate to a post-Protestant Protestant uh, country where all our sins are forgiven, or that that's what we culturally been brought up with? This is this is a very deep and <laughs> <laughs> I hope I will not make it too complicated. Well, first of all, we have Weber's point about how we live in this uh, iron cage of Protestantism, I, I guess is right. But you could also see that what Max Weber is saying is that uh, uh, the impact of uh, Protestant culture uh, and, um, and religion is still uh, apparent in our present contemporary culture. Uh, but you could also see the other way around, that we have had uh, a social form of uh, life, for instance, uh, relationship in um, Protestant culture is uh, something important because it means survival. So when you commit uh, adultery, you are also, um, uh, historically, you're also threatening the survival of the family. And you could say, but we don't have this problem anymore because we have welfare state or we're all individuals or whatever. But we still live in these uh, social forms of um, how we need to uh, protect relationships and how we need to uh, cherish them and um, worship and uh, give praise to uh, relationships as uh, something which is very important. And this is an impact from uh, from the Protestant uh, way of seeing marriage relationships. I differ between shame and guilt, though. A lot of people conflate the two, but they're not the same, uh, not psychologically. And 
not sociologically, if we look at the way that Norbert Elias, for instance, he looks at how shame is uh, actually important. It's an important part of uh, um, bringing up children and also the continual way we educate each other. For instance, if somebody uh, is... Uh, is shouting uh, bitch in the street someone will say you cannot talk like that to somebody nobody at all and uh, particularly not somebody you don't know so uh, we we continually use shame as a way of uh, of um, telling people what is uh, right and what is wrong while uh, guilt is uh, something that you feel uh, because of something you have done and uh, you can say is that that same the the difference is that um, you can feel uh, ashamed about something nobody understands, or maybe because you have been told, for instance, if you're homosexual, maybe you've been told this is wrong, uh, and and then you come to another country and you will still feel it's wrong, though in this other country they f- feel it's okay. So if you come from a Muslim country, being homosexual, you tell being told it's wrong. Then you go to Denmark, you're told it's okay, it's a free country, but you still feel ashamed. So it has to do with the way that you see yourself, shame from outside because of what somebody else thinks about you. But uh, guilt is uh, more legal in a sense. It's also a religious term, but it's also legal. It's something that you have done. So if you have been doing white laundry, uh, you should feel uh, guilty and you will also be um, called guilty in court. So it's more about act. Guilt is about act, while um, uh, shame is about relationships. I think it would be to uh, drop all the clothes and start dancing uh, around with all the colleagues uh, while you're the only one dropping your clothes. That would be the most embarrassing for me, personally. I haven't dropped my clothes yet, but uh, I risk doing it this year. So uh, I would think holding back the liquid this year would be a smart idea for me. <laughs> but if we now, we're going to stay at the Julefrokost, where they'll be had a lot of beers and maybe, more importantly, a lot of snaps, aquavit, um, which leads to a whole lot of people being way, way, way too drunk doing these parties. And often it's with co-workers and with your boss. I would call it shame because it, it, it it's shameful that you can't control yourself. And this is uh, because you also in, in our, maybe in any culture you would say, but particularly in this, you need to be able to control yourself. And often when I teach leadership, I say, you have to go home for Christmas uh, dinners, uh, Julefrokost, uh, at around nine in the evening, because if you don't, it will get embarrassing. And then we have very <laughs> interesting, and uh, we, we never really agree on this, because some say, uh, no, no, I want to be, uh, <laughs> I want to be uh, allowed to to be drunk with my employees, or some some say I, I had a boss, he was always drunk and grabbing all the all the boys and girls or whatever people are doing, and. To me, this is a bit mysterious because from research, you know, if you want respect, you you need to, the, the capacity, we see it also in Mask, he had his uh, 10 rules of uh, management. You need to be capable of uh, controlling yourself. It's very important. If, if Otherwise, people don't know what, what's the next thing you'll do if you can't really control yourself in this situation, what will be the next. But in Danish culture, people simply don't agree. Some say it's the best thing uh, ever. We invented Julefrokost, that we can all be drunk and people can be blah, <laughs> on the on the ground um, and uh, <laughs> throw up and whatever. People. So there's no agreement apparently. What what, uh, what damage can it do to a, a workforce if a certain member is really really ashamed of whatever happened during the weekend? 
it can do, do a lot of because uh, also uh, what I tell the the aspiring leaders or people who are leaders is the one thing is that, that they don't respect you because you are drunk and doing the wrong things but also the other way around the employee that comes up to the boss and say listen boss now I want to tell you the truth you're an idiot and then telling all the reasons why the boss is an idiot is also a person that can't control him or herself or the the, the woman that is uh, hitting on the boss is also a person drunk uh, that can't control uh, herself so it, in a way it's a bit awkward why do we place ourselves in such a situation where we can't control ourselves it is uh, different from uh, many other work uh, cultures uh, just in Europe or <laughs> in the world uh, to find this uh, it's strange idea of equality when you're drunk But, but maybe it plays into our uh, general uh, view on democracy and equality and equality and we are all equal, etc. So we we can all be drunk together. Mm. But it, it, there's no doubt that it damages because people still remember that they were told the truth. They're uh, <laughs> yeah. August. And then they say, okay, you're such a person. This is what you really think because of the Danish saying that you will get the truth to know the truth from drunk people and from children. This is a Danish saying. You get to know the truth from drunk people and children. So if if you say the truth is my boss, you're an idiot. Okay, this tells a lot about you. Yeah, but also um, I'm kind of thinking that you would be a less efficient employee just by feeling the shame or, or feeling the guilt, uh, not necessarily done anything wrong according to the boss, but just feeling this guilt would make you uh, less confident of, of what happens if if you feel extremely shameful about something. Um, yeah, there's no doubt that it, it gets into... the Shame, as I said, is about how uh, you think other people look at you. I was mentioning homosexual may think, oh, they think this is wrong, but it's, maybe it's not. But th- that doesn't matter. So if you think your boss thinks you're an idiot, it has an impact. You Maybe the boss was also so drunk that he or she can't remember anything. I want to say a lot of you also have a lot of uh, very good uh, managers uh, that, that that go uh, home at at nine uh, o'clock and get uh, they don't engage in all this uh, nonsense. But it, it it does have impact on us to have to feel uh, ashamed. And Martin Luther, he was uh, you know he has a very 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 bad branding, the, the German reformer uh, from the uh, 16th century. But he had some very good points, and he said. We should not be ashamed uh, about the wrong things. So he's trying to dig. He, he was a lot ashamed a lot himself, but <laughs> that's another story. So, but he was trying to sort of uh, um, elaborate and um, and 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 look at what is actually right shame. When should I really feel ashamed? Uh, or when am I guilty? For instance, Peter Masson on his murder on Kimball, that is shameful, and and he's guilty, and we wish he goes to hell. But the, but then there's other things. It's like, is this, for instance, I was drunk. Is that worthwhile being? Um, is is that worthwhile spending a lot of uh, energy on being um, ashamed about something maybe nobody else cares about? So there are, there are degrees of shame and guilt. And sometimes you say, as Luther said, sometimes you simply have to say, uh, this is not worthwhile. Yeah, because that's my next question actually, and something that's always intrigued me that. Do doing a Christmas party or just doing a regular party if you're really drunk, but you doesn't you do not offend anybody and you doesn't cross any lines. You're just extremely drunk. You can you can wake up with some undefined uh, shame or yeah. where does that one come from? Is it just from the loss of control or 
where does it spawn from? Obviously, my research into this is from a lot of conversations, uh, looking into research, uh, what other people have done, written, what I've interviewed, etc. So th- this is my view on it. I think it's, it is because uh, we are sh- ashamed of having lost control. And uh, th- that is, for good or bad reasons, but that is very shameful in our culture, no matter what. We can joke around and uh, Jonathan Spank can make, you know, we can make him make us laugh on close to truth, etc. But it, it, that is shameful, and, the, and 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 being drunk is a <laughs> very strong part of that. Maybe that is why people need to get drunk, because there is so much shame put into losing control. Yeah, exactly. Because doesn't we need to lose control? You mentioned the carnival thing earlier. Isn't it rather important for a person in, at this day and age to lose control sometimes? I y- um, yes. Uh, what I but there are other ways of losing control. I think it's uh, what is yeah, actually. I mean, very interested for the time being, and there's a lot of other people in uh, brain research and how the brain works. And um, uh, and a way of losing control is actually also meditation. And because um, we when the part of control of our brain that is trying to control and and um, uh, calculate and estimate and find out what's going on, probably usually we don't know what's going on, but we are spending a lot of time on that. We get exhausted and we need to relax. And particularly, we get ashamed if we don't understand really what's going on and we think we should. So some people they start uh, drinking, maybe they become alcoholic, or some go partying and then. Uh, Uh, lose their minds uh, uh, as a reaction to that they feel ashamed of not maybe being in control of their lives. But as I said, a lot of research shows that actually meditation or mindfulness and yoga and other stuff uh, in that uh, f- field makes the the worries and the, that part of the brain that is uh, overworked, um, exhausted, uh, relax, and other parts of the brain. Um, take over and become more calm. So you can get drunk or you can meditate. And how do you think uh, the average Danish employee at a corporation would react if you told them that Christmas uh, dinner was cancelled, we're having a meditation course instead? That's a great idea. We'll have a Christmas meditation. (laughs) I'm sure they wouldn't like that. Because also now we're talking about all the shame around it, but there's also a lot of fun. Uh, we also have fun at Christmas uh, dinners, and we have uh, we have games. Uh, again, the carnival situation. We see each other in another uh, way because we may be dressed up uh, like you know, James Bonds or Mexican. No, not Mexicans or Poland. That's uh, forbidden. <laughs> But we we do something. We had that as a theme that was wrong. I'm sorry. Some years ago at the CBS. So we we dress up and we become somebody differently to. Um, Uh, to present ourselves in another way. So we Christmas dinners are all also a lot of fun, which are not uh, about shame. So uh, shame is about borders. When you transgress a border, either because you, th- you yourself think it's wrong or maybe because it actually is wrong. With that, we end today's podcast. And I would strongly stretch that you can safely have a good time doing your next Christmas dinner. If you by any chance wake up with both a hangover and a bit of shame from last night's debauchery, feel free to replay this podcast and hear that you are most certainly not the only one who's feeling a bit of shame after last night. If you want a 100% shame and guilt-free night, 
go ahead and follow this advice from Camilla Slug. So um, that's it for now. Uh, enjoy the holidays. And um, just one last note concerning uh, shame. Is there any way to avoid it? Walk home at nine o'clock in the evening. <laughs> Oh, and before I completely forget, big thank you to the two bold CBS students who uh, dared to give me their insight in the famous Danish julefrokost. As said before, you have been listening to CBS Wire. Don't hesitate to click that subscribe button and follow us on Facebook.